the thought that I had last week started <clears throat> and uh, talked for a few moments here tonight. And I, I do also want to say I appreciate these two young kids worshiping God tonight. I can see your love for the Lord and, and your worship and seeing you singing. We used to have the words on the screen up here and uh, they didn't get them up there tonight. And But you knew of them anyway and that says a lot about you so I know you're engaged and paying attention so but second peter verse chapter 3 verse 9 through 18 several scriptures read them last week i shall read them again tonight i didn't think jacob has them um you just got 11 through 12 okay that's fine uh verse 9 says the lord's not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness it's long suffering to us we're not willing that any should perish he doesn't want anybody to die and go to hell. But that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord. If I say the day of the Lord. It will come as a thief in the night. In which the heavens shall pass away. The great noise and the elements shall melt. Fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be. In holy conversation godliness. Looking forward and hasting to the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for a new heavens, new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of, of, of our Lord is salvation even as our beloved Brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given to him, hath written unto you, as also in all the epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, and to their own destructions. Therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace. And the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Lord, bless us tonight. Open our hearts and spirit. Help us to receive the word of the Lord, God. We may grow deeper in your love, God, and deeper what you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I realize that's a long portion of Scripture, but we need more word in God in the church. We are in a very illiterate biblical illiterate generation and we are competing against entertainment and most people don't think that the word of God is too entertaining but I know that some people do and they love the word and I'm thankful for the word of God amen behold the day of the Lord is at hand Jesus is coming back soon surely he is even if it's um Seven years, it's soon. If it's ten years, it's soon. And we got these young people think, oh gosh, I'm never going to turn this age and that age. Before you know it, you're thinking, oh goodness, I turned that age. And where did the time go? It goes fast. But end time prophecies are being fulfilled every day. Looking at some end time prophecy headlines today. World is edging towards a major war. It's biblically prophesied there will be a war 
World War III that's going to kill probably a good third of the humanity. Then right behind it said Israel and the peace, Israel and the peace process. And we're edging towards war, but they're also talking about peace. We know when we have peace, we got some situations that's going on. Pope Francis launches. I heard this today, listening to uh, a podcast, and I had to go look it up to see exactly what it is. And I'm not sure I know even how to say it, uh, but Pope Francis launches the. Halatatos uh, action. You know how to say that, Jacob? Nope. <laughs> Platform, which is basically, check this out, a seven-year program, a seven-year journey that intentions is to bring families, schools, businesses, farms, organizations, groups, movements, and religious institutions together in unity. That sounds like the forming of a one more government to me. So we're surely getting closer to the coming of Jesus. And as I said last week, it doesn't matter what you may believe concerning um, the coming of the Lord, whether you're a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Jesus is coming soon no matter what. Because as I said, if at any time, if you're pre-trib, at any time the Lord could come because there's nothing left but His coming. If you're a post-tribulation person, then well, all we need is a, is a peace agreement signed, and then you've got seven years left. So we're surely just right at it at any moment, the unease, the unrest. And the thing is, we have been born for such a time as this. Um, I've been listening to the Bible. Of course, I read through it every year, but I've been listening to it uh, through on my, on my Bible app. And I've got three different Bible plans I'm actually listening to. I'm listening to one through the King James Version, one through the, the, uh, the message paraphrase, and I'm listening to one on the Living Bible. And, and one of them today, I don't remember which one it was, it actually was going through the, the story of Esther. And uh, we know that she was born for such a time as that. I think that we're born for such a time as this. Uh, you know, as great as the Apostle Paul is, as great as Peter was, if Martex came from, as great as some of the great disciples was, God has put a great responsibility on us, and he has allowed us to be living in this end time. That we have a privilege and a responsibility of living in this end time. And, and tonight, I want to continue this series that I started last week, kind of put an introduction to it, about the end time saints. What should this end time saint look like? Not like a lot of people look right now. They don't look like a lot of folks look like right now. The end time saint would be in church on midweek, and I'm glad you're here tonight. But uh, they would understand that time is running short, and we don't have time to fool around. And if there's not a time for casual Christianity, that time is over. Because the greatest revival that has ever been it's, it's upon us right now. And we need to be about the business of the kingdom of God. And in these verses, Peter tells us that he, this is what he's talking about. He said, the day of the Lord's at hand. It's coming soon. Uh, it's going to come like a thief in the night. I don't believe it's going to come as a thief for us. I think we're recognizing, seeing the signs. We're, we may not know the day and hour, but I think we know it's fixing to happen uh, soon, no matter whether that be weeks, months, years. That's not that long. And the older I get, the more I figure it out. Uh, you know, they say, uh, this old saying that it's, it's really seemed like it resonates with me. The older I get is the days are long, uh, but the months are short. 
and it goes by fast. But Peter said, he said, what manner, knowing this stuff, what manner of person should you be? That word manner, it means from what country, what nation, what tribe, what type of quality of person should you be? And, and he went through a series of things that he talks about. And the very first thing that he said is the thing I want to deal with tonight for just a few moments tonight. And that he said, what manner of person should you be in holy conversation? You got that back up there, Jacob? Oh, you got that part. That'll work. Let me say the scripture again. On that part. He said, seeing all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversations? The word holy is, just means sacred, sacred conversations. The Thayer's Dictionary says what kind of, uh, this word holy means manner of life, your conduct, your behavior, your deportment. Listen to the message paraphrase of these verses. It, it asks us a question that is, I think is very vital. It said, since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? He says, daily expect the day of God, eager for its arrival. The galaxies will burn up and then elements melt down that day, but we'll hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for the promised new heavens, the promised new earth, all landscape with righteousness. This phrase, holy conversation it occurs this particular phrase it only we only see it twice in the new testament both times are from peter's epistle epistles his his writings and and one is in his very first chapter it's in first peter chapter one and verse 15 um and the other one is in our text that i just read a few minutes ago the uh the um but the first one it says but as he which hath called you is holy. So, this is 1 Peter 1 and 15. But he has called you as holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. The typical King James um, translation doesn't equate into what we may think of holy conversation. It's not talking primarily about clean uh, speech. But to... To, to narrow it down more, it, it, it conversation here has more to do with our behavior. Now, of course, speech is involved with it, but it's not just our speech, but as much as anything is our behavior, and especially behavior which involves other people. So not just our behavior, period, but when, when we're dealing with other people. The Greek word translated holy, it means dedicated to God. So holy conversation, we could just simply mean that it's a way of living in such a way that our entire manner of life is focused on honoring God and trying to influence other people also to honor God. So knowing these things, what manner of person should we be in our behavior of honoring God and also influencing other people to honor God. And these two things we see P Peter, he's, he's urging why we should live this type of way. And these two different uh, holy conversations we see. This first, uh, the first reason is simply because holiness of God is just God himself. And let me read the scriptures. I kind of halfway quoted there a second ago. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. It says, as obedient children... 
not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he hath called you is holy. Who's called us? God's called us. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That's that same phrase there again. It's uh, in all your behavior, how you're acting with people, whatever you're doing. He's, and he goes on to write, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. When we become a child of God through the process of being born again, and that's the only way we can be a child of God is being born again. We've got to repent. We've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins, and He will fill us with the Holy Ghost. That It takes the whole package. It takes all of it. But when we, we've done that, then we need to behave as obedient children to our new birth. Not fashioning ourselves according to our former lust, as the Word of God says, in our ignorance. And that's not saying that you're just stupid. That means you was ignorant, unlearned to the Word of God. That, that means we need to take some in, insinuating in our life to learn the Word of God, put the Word of God in our life. Because if, if God is holy, we need to be holy like Him. And the only way we know to be holy like Him is to know what this Word says. And then the second reason He gives us is in our text tonight, and it's because the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. So, in coming after His, his uh, when He comes back, the heavens are going to pass away. It's going to be great noise. The elements are going to melt with fervor and heat. This is what the Word of God says in our text here today. And that we see a motivation of why we should live this holy conversation. It's two reasons. Both the fact that God brought us out of a past and back into fellowship with a holy God to live a holy life and also the fact that the future, what's coming, that there is a God that's coming there's a judgment that's coming. There's people, if they don't know God, what's going to happen to them. So we know where God's brought us from. We know where God's taken us. And we're somewhere caught in the middle of it. So it calls us to live a holy life in this present life that we're living right now. So we see a motivation that from where God's brought us from, where he's taken us to, of how we should live in this present time, which is a life of holiness. And we've got to live holy because we serve a holy God. We should serve a holy God anyway. And we, uh, we must live holy because this world needs us to be holy. Because when we live a life of, of holiness, and I know people, they get the idea that when we talk about holiness, we're just talking about hair length, sling length, sleeve length, or dress length, or pants length, whatever you want to say. And, and that's all part of it, but... You know, we see people like that, but yet their attitudes are horrible. Now, it takes both. We need both. But the, the, the struggle we have in this uh, holy conversations, holy behavior is, you know, it, it's a lot easier to dress us up a lot of times than it is to fix what's on the inside. Henry M. Morris said, Eight of the 13 occurrences of conversation are in Peter's epistles, stressing his vital concern that Christians ought to demonstrate 
all uh, demonstrate a holy conversation and godliness in their lives. So he puts this word conversation throughout his, his writings. And, and he, he's put a lot of stress on this behavior, this conversation he's talking about. He's putting a lot of stress on that. And a man by the name of Richard V. Peace, he actually wrote a book called uh, holy conversations. I've never read it. Just found it when I started doing the studying with this. I need to pick it up and, and see if I can find it and read it because from the little excerpts that I've read, it looks really good. But he said this. He said, the church needs to become far more intentional about preparing people to be witnesses to Jesus Christ. But such witnesses results in both conversation and conversion. By conversation, we are given the chance for conversion. And by conversion, we become an open to new conversations to an ever wider arena. So when we look at this, it's so important of how we act, how we dress, how we look, how we present ourselves. Because this holy conversation, the very first thing that, that, that we see right here, it, it becomes that whole package of, of who this person that that we're supposed to be in this end time because we look at this world right now it's nuts this world's crazy and and they're they're crazed with uh, uh no matter how they dress how they look no matter how they act you know there, there's no no hold bar on anything anything goes this is the generation you know we have all kinds of fads we've seen them down through uh time you can go back and look at the hippie area era you know long hair bell bottom all that kind of stuff and you can just see the trends but we live in a time when every trend ever possible is all acceptable all in one package right now everything it doesn't matter now it's crazy and and for us in this end time they need to see somebody that sticks out like a sore thumb and not just in the way they look but the way they act when we're on a job they need to see somebody that when the boss is all up in our all up in our stuff that we can take it uh, and, and and we can be still nice and still have a smile on our face and, and we're willing to to say I'm sorry when we're we're not in the wrong and we're willing to treat people right when they're not treating us right and and we're willing to go the extra mile and and the thing we have to do is if, if we're sitting down with somebody we just sit down with somebody what is our conversation saying about us when somebody gets up and walks away from us are they glad to get away or are they wish they could have stayed with us longer and you know as well as i do that there's a lot of people when when they finally go away or i finally get away from them it's like <laughs> i didn't think that was ever going to stop you you know what i'm talking about right i don't want to be that person and I hope I've not been that person, but I fear that I probably have many times. But but do those who who we are around do they do they they hear us talk about Jesus? Do do they hear us uh, speak about the good things of God? They they hear us talk about the church, or they just hear us talk about the the new binge watching, or the new games we're playing, or what we've seen on this or that, or or the fishing or the sales, and and, and some of that stuff's okay. But it can't be our total conversation. It can't be our total behavior. It, it can't be what we're all about. It can't be what we're known for. And do, they, do they see us as an example 
a life that has been changed by the fact that we have been born again. Can, can they hear us not glorify our past, but, but talk about how God brought us out of our past? Can, can, they, can, can they hear something from us that, that, uh, uh, that when they're around us, they realize that, hey, I can tell they've been brought out of something. Or, hey, I can tell that, that, that their life has just all been about, about the Lord and about church. And, 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 you know, there's been people I've been around that that's, it's like, wow, man, you've been in church all your life. No, I haven't been in church all my life. God just saved me. God brought me out. God delivered me. And, and the thing is, is, we're trying to get people to come to the house of God and come to church. And, and, and we do live in a, in a time when a lot, a lot of people, they don't have God, but they got their life together. You know, and there, there was a story told one time. I don't know how true it is. I, uh, I'm sure there's something that's probably happened like this many times. They said a man was inviting somebody to, to come to church one time, and, and he was inviting this guy, and I guess they kind of knew each other a little bit. I'm not sure, but uh, the man who was inviting the other one, the guy who was on the receiving end of the invitation said, why do I want, why do I want to have what you have? He said, you're in debt. You fight and you fuss all the time with your wife. Your kids are climbing the walls and chewing on pews and everything. When we go to church, why do I want what you have? My life is better, uh, together better than yours is. Why do I want what you got? Because my life seems to be better than yours. And I know the concept, the fact that, well, if if he's not been born again, no, his life isn't any better, but on the other side of the spectrum, us as an end-time child of God, we should strive to have our life together the best we can. And I know life happens sometimes. Life happens to us. Uh, I mean, we've all had life happen to us for the last year and a half. COVID has took a, a hard hit on a lot of people. People's lost jobs. People's lost uh, uh, all kinds of things in their life. And, 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 and you know what? It's told the tale of the church. It's told where people's hearts has really been. But even beyond that, we have a church people that's been affected by, 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 by life. But yet we have to still keep going. We have to strive to, to keep living for God and serving God with everything we got. And they need somebody that has really been filled with the Holy Ghost. They need somebody that's really had a holy God change somebody's life, rearrange their world, and all of a sudden they're not the same person they used to be. Because this is what what Peter is talking about in all holy conversations, all of our behavior. Yeah, I I believe that. uh, I mean, me me and Sister Cheryl fix and go to to Myrtle Beach next week. The Lord's blessed us. We're going to be able to go on vacation and I need it I'm just telling you right now been working over uh, the last two months and it's been a been a challenge and I need the break and we're gonna go to the beach and I'm gonna have my clothes on okay we'll probably get in the water and I'm, I'm gonna be dressed decent I believe that you guys know me all right I'm gonna keep myself covered up and I wish other people would but every, everybody don't but I believe that, but I also, we're probably going to go somewhere, sit down and eat. And if that lady is having a bad day that's waiting on me, that lady or man having a bad day that's waiting on me, she don't need me to act like a jerk to her. Because that's just as much holy conversation behavior as me dressing and looking right. 
And, and this, is, this is where we are in this world. We pay, th people think, well, I got a free ticket just because I've been born again. No, we, we have a responsibility to this generation to do something to make them hungry and make them want what we have. And if God truly, and, and this is the thing, we've seen, we've baptized hundreds, well over a hundred I don't know the exact number of how many has been filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know if it's a, a, a hundred or not. It's probably close to it over the 15 years we've been here. And they're not all here tonight. Of course they're not. And, but the thing is, I've seen them. We, we don't want to just strive to get somebody to, to, to just repent, just to be baptized in Jesus' name, and just to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because, you know, it, that's just starting to live. Now we've got to learn how to live. And that's that holy conversation. It's a holy behavior we have to learn. And, when, and here's the thing, you know, if somebody comes to God and they they've been at, hadn't been uh, in church in 20, 30 years and they come to God and they've cursed for 20 years, well, that's not easy to get over, okay? I remember Brother Dave, I remember Brother Dave when he first come in, when you spoke a certain way for, for how many years? 40 years and you come to God... It, you have to learn some different behaviors. And, and that's where they need us as the end time. And, and, and sister, and I believe there's going to be a suddenly that's going to happen in this area. We're going to have, we're going to have a route. We had that before. We've had that suddenly to happen in our church where we, uh, I, I was just seeing some Facebook members when it said 74 on Sunday, you know, and, uh, and I, I've seen the members not too long ago where we broke 100 and all that kind of stuff. I think our record's what, 130? 138, but we wasn't ready for it. We wasn't prepared. And what I'm hoping to do with this time for our core of our church and is we have to have that holy behavior because they got to know how to act. Like precious little Corbin here as he gets older, you, you know, bless you, buddy. He's trying to take the show, isn't he? But he's going to learn a lot of his behavior from his mom and daddy. I couldn't count the times people had said, man, you, you act just like your mom or your dad in certain ways. What's the reason why? They're what raised me. They're what that puts something into me. And then that's what I was around. And, 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 and you take on that. And this is why we need this holy conversation in this, this end time saint, they, the ones that may come in or the ones we're reaching for out there, they need to know what the example of a real child of God is like. Amen. And the real example is, is, is found in the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost. We want somebody to speak in tongues. That's how we know that the, the tongue has been yielded to God. They've surrendered their, uh, or the, the most ruling part of our life is our tongue. And the unru most unruly part of our life, excuse me, is, is our tongue. And when we yield that to God and, and let God begin to speak through our tongue, we know, okay, they, the spirits come in, it's back flowing out now, coming out in, 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 in tongues. That's how we know that, that God has went in because he'll go in, we'll empty ourselves out, he'll fill us all the way down, and he'll start to backflow. When it comes out, it comes out as the tongue speaking because God's controlling the tongue. But then has to go farther than that. And as an end time saint, the, the way we behave, 
The fruit of that is Galatians 5, 22 through 25. It's the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love. Because if we're going to have that holy conversation, that holy behavior, we're going to have to learn how to love. As sis was talking in her testimony, we got to learn how to forgive people. That's love. Right? Joy. My goodness, the end time saint, we shouldn't be walking around sad all the time because, oh, what was No, we ought to have some joy because we're living in the greatest time that there ever has been. Unless something happens, most likely, everybody in this place, I believe, is going to see the coming of the Lord. So we ought to be excited with that, yet also terrified because there's people going to go to hell. And we need to do everything we can to win them. And we ought to have some peace about our life. This is the fruit of the Spirit. And long-suffering. We, we need to realize that everybody comes along, doesn't maybe go at the pace that you may go. Some go faster, some go slower, but we got to keep going. That's the main thing. And we got to be willing to be long-suffering and also have some gentleness in our life. Um, We've got to have some goodness in our life. And I'm not going to go through and with, with all of them. We kind of pretty much know what all this is. If not, this is a good thing for you to study. And this is what we need to do in our life. We need to start studying the Word. Don't just take my word for it. Because the end time saint, to be able to know what kind of holy behavior, holy conversation, you need to be willing to learn this for yourself. Because we got a generation that's so biblically illiterate right now, they don't know. They know everything but don't know nothing. That's the problem. And, and we need people that's got some goodness. We need people that's got some faith. We need some people that's got meekness. And I know it's the last one is temperance. Learn how to ha- have that control in our life. And, and the beautiful thing about that, it says, against such there is no law. Because if you can get these fruit work in your life, you're by nature going to live the law of God. Because when that stuff is in you, now that doesn't mean that we can't read the Word of God and put the Word of God in our heart because we'll want to. But that when, it, when we have that, it, it says, they, have, that are, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. Sister talking about how that seed dies. When we crucify the flesh, that we're killing that, that part of us with the affections and lusts. We're killing the affections and lusts. That's the part of us that needs to die because when we get that part die, uh, uh, we, then the Spirit can begin to live because if we can live in the Spirit, it's His less also walk in the Spirit. And if we have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, people are going to see it and they're going to know that something is differing about us. And, and, and we need that. Because we are the esters of this generation. I believe that we have been born for such a time as this. And I I was listening to somebody uh, preach this week. And um, I don't remember who it was. And they they was kind of of kindred spirit. They were talking about by nature. They was just a shy person. By nature, I am really a very shy person. And it's not always easy just to strike up a conversation. And this person said they was praying. I've been praying it ever since. God, this world's going to hell and I'm shy. You've got to do something to help me get out of that, God. And I I I wish I could remember exactly who it was. A very well-known preacher in our ranks. and, And you would not even think that of this person. So evidently the prayer must have worked. And I know that since I've been called to preach that uh, 25 years this year that God has brought me so far out of a lot of that stuff. 
But the thing is, is this world needs us to be this end-time Christian, this end-time saint. They need us to help them be saved. Because I'm going to bring this close very quickly here. Colossians 4, 5 through 6 is my closing verses here. It says, walk in wisdom. Listen, listen to this. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. It's Colossians 4, 5 and 6. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Who's he talking about? Them who's without what we got. How do we do this? By redeeming the time. We have a generation that does not redeem the time. We spend it on junk. How many times have, when you was a kid, mom, dad give you money, and you went in the store and come out, and you had all this stuff, but you had nothing? In Texas, listen to me. <laughs> you had all this stuff, but you had nothing. What, what did you? Yeah, but look what all this stuff. But it's like, it's all junk. And, and this is our generation. We're redeeming. We're not redeeming our time. We're, we're wasting it scrolling. We're wasting it binge watching. We're wasting it just doing, doing things that really doesn't put back in us. I, there is a very, I don't know if you're a podcast listener, but if you are, uh, there's a podcast called The Restorationist with Adam Shaw. He just done one this week that is so good and so convicting to our generation, to my spirit. He was talking about uh, enlarging your capacity in your life by learning to rest and learning to basically the right ways to make you rested. And he used a lot of statistics about our way we do things now, how we sit and zone out in front of a TV or scrolling and all this stuff. Talking about the things that really gives us rest is, is when we're, we're uh, reading the Bible or we're reading something, period, like that. And, and we don't do that no more. People are not reading like they used to, whether it be the Bible or some good books. And I'm thankful that over the last three, two or three years that God has put in my heart to read. And I, I've had to go for the last three or four years to read at least 20 books every year. And I've probably done that and more exceeded it. But, and, and it's nowhere near enough in my life, I don't feel like. But the, the reason I'm saying this is we redeem the time. We learn because when we're walking wisdom towards them that are without. What he's saying is when you're walking around and towards these people that's without, they don't have what we got. We need to redeem the time because time is slipping away. There's going to come a time when there's going to be an angel that's going to say that time is no more. Time is no more. Now, we can't fathom that because we walk and live and operate in the realm of time. Like, um, you know, like I said, we've been working over. I'll be at work at 5 o'clock in the morning and... Tomorrow will be a short day. I want to work with nine hours. But I'm off the whole next week after this, so I, that's okay. But see, we're, we're, we relegate, we walk in that time frame. And we need to realize that we only have 24 hours in a day. We really need to sleep more than I do. And probably need to sleep less than some others do. And we need to Spend more time redeeming the time. 
Because he goes on to say in the next verse, he says, because let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. In other words, when, when we speak to people, we need to always, where we've redeemed our time, we're walking with people, we know how to speak kind and be helpful to people. We, we need to learn how to have our, our behavior, our speech, however we're treating somebody. I'm telling you what, just a smile sometimes from somebody can go a long way. And we can be gracious. He's talking about here being gracious in our, in our speech and in our actions and say things and do things that help people like salt. I've, I've, I hadn't said this in a long time, but one of the greatest revelations of salt I ever got in my entire life, we was at a Mexican restaurant in Princeton, Kentucky. I think it was Guadalajara several years ago. It's not even there anymore. And... Uh, you know how it is. You always run out of salsa before you run out of chips, right? So we'd run out of salsa. Nowadays, they'll fill it up. Used to, they wouldn't fill up the salsa bowl, okay? You run out of salsa, see it. You're done. We ran out of salsa, and Sister Cheryl took and was just put salt on top of the chips. I'm thinking, why is she doing that? You're just going to leave the chips alone. But after I got one of the chips, I began to eat it. It's like, Wow. And then Sister Cheryl went to work how many years ago? Six, seven years ago? Huh? Seven years ago, excuse me. And then I started doing a lot more cooking. And I have learned in that process of time that I can take salt, and they'll take a lot of salt, and just add it to something. And it just somehow brings other flavors, it seemed like, that's inside of that dish out of it and just makes it better right so that's what he said in this scripture here with this he said let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you know may know how to answer everyone so like salt it improves and brings out the flavor in food our lives should have the hope that we could bring out the best in someone else this is what this holy behavior in the end time is about. Our conversations, our behavior should be in such a way when we get done being with somebody that our lives make somebody else's life better when we walk away. Amen. And we live in this time when it's so one-dimensional. And then you know you're talking to that one person. It's that person does all the talking. You say, yeah, uh-huh, mm -hmm, yeah. And... and they may need that from you at times. But when we do speak, we need to make sure that when we do act, that when we leave somebody, this should be our end time, uh, this should be the end time saint. When we leave people, when crisis begins to happen in their life, they're like, I want to get a hold of them. Because I know they got a hold of something. And every time around, I'm around them, I feel better. Every time I leave them, I feel like my life has been enriched and my life is better. That is the end time saint that we need to be. We need our speech to be in such a place that will build and will lift people up through the things that we say or we act or how we treat them. And, and to the point that 
when people, they're going to begin to ask questions, especially the farther we get in this and, and things begin to happen, and people's going to have questions. Brother uh, Wade Hendricks works with us at Gold Star Bethlehem. He's preached down here for us a few times. And uh, there's a young man we've all kind of talked to. I've tried to get him to go to my brother's church a lot of times. Um, he actually one of his, the guy we work with, Logan, uh, Bethany and and Jake and both went to college with him a little bit. Jake and worked with him a little while at another place. But I tried to get him to go to church when I preached to my brothers. I tried him to go to church up there with me. And today I come in, I seen him back there talking to Wade. Wade's an apostolic preacher, of course, we know too. And he, he come home at me and said, man, I, I said, I got Logan thinking. So he's got, got three or four preachers working on him now. And he said, I don't understand, man. He said, I, I want to know more about God. I want to learn more about the church. But he said, I just got questions. <laughs> and Wade said, well, what questions you got? <laughs> and he said, why is there so many different religions, man? And Wade, give him an answer. Give him something to go look for and to do. And they're going to have questions. They're going to ask. We need to have that answer. And if we're behaving in such a way, they're not going to come to us. If we don't have that holy conversation, they're not going to come looking for us. They're going to look for something else. And the end time saint, we need that, that manner of person we need is, is that person has that holy conversation, that holy behavior. They need us to have that. And this is what this community needs. This is what our homes need. This is what our workplaces, this is what our school needs. They need us to have a holy conversation. Beth, you want to come play something? I'm, I'm done. But this is what the end time saint, the first thing he talks about. When he, we need first, we need we have a holy God. We need to be holy. We need to have a holy conversation, holy behavior. We need to have. We need to have an attitude that we realize that hey, our words are powerful, and our actions are powerful. Because here's the thing, we can talk a good talk, but how can we walk? Because I can talk a good game, but then if something blows up in my world and they see me blow up with it, they're not going to come looking for me. They may know I go to church every service. and They may know that, you know, I look different, but do, am I acting different? They need somebody that has that whole package. They need that person that we can choose wise actions and words and be a person. Because these words of kindness, this kind acting, it's seeds that we're planting in people's lives. Seeds of the gospel. Planting in people's lives. And they're going to get hungry. Something's going to happen. They're going to come looking for to be what God's called us to be. So, I'm done. If you want to spend a few moments of prayer tonight up here, you're welcome to come pray. And uh, let's just make some commitments and say, God, I want to be that person that has that holy conversation. I want to do my best to have the best behavior that I can. So you're welcome to